Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Words, Luke Miller. Words are all I have to take the something away, that song. Words. We all need them. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Luke and Pete show, number words, and we're back for more fun and games, but mainly words. It's not going to be dull, though, if you're thinking, oh, sod off, Wizbit, not interested. Not interested <laughs> about words. Shut up, oh, no, Dexter. It wasn't Wizbit, it was, uh, who's the one? Oh, magic E. Do you remember Magic Magic E? Um, no. If you're not English, it doesn't really work, but... Um, it's, it was basically a kids' TV show, uh, educational show, that was on around oh, 10 a.m. if you're off for ill uh, mm. from school. For some reason, they always used to put educational shows on when people were at school, mm. which didn't make any sense. Uh, mm. But it was a, it was a little, little wonky little animal that used to change words around. Words, change around with me, something, change around with me, magic, magic, e. I think you'd be a pretty good um, children's presenter. Why haven't I got that job? You dress is it because like I'm not CRB checked? You dress, almost certainly. Is it because I'm not CRB like checked? But this is episode 35. I am, of course, Luke Moore. Sat Hello, opposite Luke, me is Mr. Pete Donaldson. Yeah, it's um, Pete Shaw, baby. Someone photoshopped a picture of us, didn't they? Yeah. We forgot to mention it last week. Uh, with They put my <laughs> hair on your face yeah, and it, your hair on my face. Yeah, it wasn't like a simple face swap. They put your hair on my face. I've just said that. And my <laughs> hair on your face. But uh, what, I would, what I would say is, I would start the show by saying what I would say yeah. is, uh, is that I look magnificent and you look dreadful. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so it's on our Instagram, which is Luke and Pete show. Um, do check it out. Follow us and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, I'll put it straight up there. And, and I said to you privately, and I'll say it again now. You look like a million dollars with my hair. Mm. You look like a guy who used to be in a good sort of West Coast uh, band. And has lived healthily ever since. Yeah, but now is a lot of yoga. And now is a very successful actor. (laughs) You almost look like an an alternative Justin Justin Timberlake. Mm. Whereas I look like a dangerous predator. (laughs) You look like your face could fit a scar in that particular situation. I mean, to be fair, your hair, it was was like post-haircut photograph day wasn't it at school with, with that hair I mean it was a particularly good example of your hair if you don't want yeah, to yeah I think, I think I think we had it we had to have photos done for some show we were doing live show or something and so did I take my clothes off it's almost, almost yeah again certainly. almost certainly almost yeah. certainly I was in better nick back then so we've decided that episode 35 is uh, the words show words and the, the sub the subtitle sort of tagline for this show is words we all need them yeah Words are all I have. Have you ever been to take your heart away? To take a heart away, that's what it is. It's only words. Yeah. And words are all I have to take your heart away. Why does he want to take a, take a heart away? I think he wants to take it for his own. Oh, I see. Um, that song was popularised more recently by, was it Boyzone? But it was, of course, written by the fantastic the Gibb Brothers. Oh, yeah, the Gibb yeah. Brothers. The Gibb Brothers. Yeah. Were they all brothers, all three of them? There were more than three, were there not? Were they what? But I think only three of them were in the Bee Gees. Didn't want to meet the other one. Only three of them. Did you remember when they were on that chat show and they all stormed off? Yes, beautiful. Was it Morgan? No. Clive Anderson, I believe. Clive Anderson. Have you ever been in a situation where you've 
um, you've travelled somewhere, you've gone overseas, the native uh, language is not English, right? and you can't speak the local language, mm. and the people you're encountering can't speak your language, uh, but it's in a bar or something like that. Yeah. So, and the only thing you can ever bond over is the name of football players from each country. Uh, yes. It happens a lot in taxis, to be fair. Um, I think I was in, um, in Ghent in Belgium, and there's a bloke who um, I don't speak any French or anything really and uh, he well, you got a bit of Japanese in the locker got, you? got a little bit of holiday Japanese in the locker well, but all those he, DVD movies you're watching but he uh, but he um, well that was the interesting thing about like watching it like some of the words um, they'll they'll say something and the actual subtitles that come up is com- something completely different right um, so I think the translator sometimes goes well, they mean this, don't they? Right. <laughs> just put it okay, in. right. Like, well, that's an interesting rewriting of what was just said on the screen. Very strange. So words then. Words, words. are important. Words are important. Um, the, um, we talked, uh, interestingly enough, I, mean, I suppose we, we unintentionally segued into this episode by ending last week's show mm. talking about books and hard books to read and easy books to read and all the rest of mm. it. So we decided to, to, to expand upon that this week. With a words show, Pete. Words. D- this is this is largely made up of listener contributions, as usual. Mm. Do you want to do an it's been this week, or you're not going to do that? I would smash straight into the emails. I think. Is okay, right. Have you done anything particularly uh, interesting this week? Yeah, now you're asking. Now, yeah. You, mm, no. mm. Do you want? I mean, I, I, How's your kitchen? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll update you uh, periodically on that. Yeah. Do you? I mean, the thing I'm worried about is that people like to hear you do it. Oh, it's been. There you go. It's been end. Yeah, finish. Right. It's the shortest Done. it's been section on it's record. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so straight into the emails then yeah. about words. Yeah, Helen Little says, uh, I could do with the French having a phrase for that feeling of being late to a party but attending anyway because I was catching up on some recent episodes of the Luke and Pete show this morning and I enjoyed the discussion of enjoyable foreign phrases. Uh, Luke later mentioned Americans calling candy floss cotton candy, which reminded me of my favourite foreign language fact. The French for candy floss is Baba a Papa. Huh. Or Babe eh, Papa. Well, grand, uh, grandfather's beard. Grandfather's beard. Isn't that lovely? Mm. That's fantastic. They also call uh, table football baby foot, which we should be doing. Well, I, I agree with that. I, that is one of my favourite French words. Yeah, but, so... Le baby foot. Table football... Je joue au baby foot. Yeah. I thought you didn't speak any French. <laughs> Je joue au baby foot. What does that mean? Uh, I play. Okay. Je joue au football. Um, Il boot. You going to carry on with this? <laughs> oui, ça va très bien, monsieur. Assez vous la classe. It's not bad. You got more French than me. <laughs> what? A sit down, class. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, but bonjour, only... Madame Lamb. Stop this. Stop this. The only because I've got something to say, <laughs> and this is the word show. Um, <laughs> the only other word I know for for table football is foos, foosball. Isn't foosball. It? Yeah, yeah. That that well, that was adopted in Friends. America in Friends. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there was a um, weird thing of. Um, there's those darn millennials watching uh, Friends. There's some people who've never watched Friends for the first time because mm. it's now on Netflix and they're watching it. And they're going, "Oh, this is a bit." Uh, yeah, I heard a bit about homophobic. this. This is a bit. Uh, so it's a bit rough. There was actually there was actually a debate on a radio station which escapes <clears> me about this, and I actually heard <clears> some of it, and they were saying that yeah, people were coming new to Friends. This nineties <clears> like, beer moth of a show. <clears> these these actors are getting a million dollars an episode and all the rest of it. Um, it was really sort of. Um, if you think that there's so many big networked shows now, yeah. Netflix and all the rest of it, but that that was a that was a stood alone, didn't it? In the, yeah. in the, in the, in the time, yeah. everyone knew it, knew it. They were saying on that that all the men in it are like quite objectionable characters. <laughs> like like Joey's like a real pervert. Like in, in this post Weinstein environment that right, we now yeah, live in, yeah, it just yeah. looks awful. <clears throat> um, Ross is this homophobic, terrified of uh, two gay women. You know, his, his ex wife who turns out mm. to be gay. He he makes loads mm. of unsavoury jokes about lesbianism and all the rest yeah, of yeah. it. And, well, you got to remember, um, like the writers will have been, you know, 
you know, growing up in like the sixties. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, yeah. you, you sort of have, um, but because it was so fresh and so cool at the time. But isn't it? I, I get that. We kind of forget. Nobody forget. Nobody remembers like the bad shit. It's like you know the first series of uh, Only Fools and Horses. That was full of uh, you know stuff, Pakistani yeah. jokes, all that, yeah. all that crap. Yeah. But not, but they never got played again. So nobody ever really sort of picks them up. Or they got edited out anyway. But the writers of Friends wouldn't have grown up in the 60s. Well, they would have been pretty... They would have been old hands. I mean, this is a big network TV show. No matter how... They, they wouldn't have been, like, young fucking thrusting writers on Friends. Like, there would have been some old journeyman um, kind of studio writers on it, I'm sure. So one of the main creators was David Crane, mm. and he's now 60. So right, he would okay. have been... So he'd have grown up in the 70s, basically. But he, yeah. he would have been... He would have been... Yeah, exactly. But yeah. he would have been kind of uh, writing with writers who were, who were much older than him, I'm uh, sure. Uh, I, I get that, but... Do you not find it fascinating how just how quickly the pace of life is moving on now? Uh, you, that, I mean, the Friends isn't that long ago. Honestly, you can listen to. I'm glad that I was like didn't grow up with YouTube. I'm glad that. There's... What are you going to say with you? <laughs> That's all right. I'm glad I didn't sort of grow up because, like, when you're a kid, you sort of try and be a bit edgy, you try and be a bit naughty and stuff. And I'm so glad there ain't that much stuff out there of me on the internet because. Mm. The, People, you know, just, you know, trial by Twitter and stuff like that. People can't let shit go. I'm just as bad. I'm just, I'm still like, you know, judge, you know, judge people quite harshly. Judgment. And I've always been very, very careful uh, about what I say. But I mean, but, even, but, but judged, um, even in the last five years, things have moved so quickly. And, you know, I'm, I'm mid thirties now and I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to keep up. Mm. And I thought I'm doing an all right job, but it's, it's well, hard. It's with, very difficult. With our clothes, we're not keeping up. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. But Friends finished in 2004. It's Mad, not that it? long ago. No, but it's... Yes. Relative, relatively speaking. It's still, you know, nigh on 15, isn't it? It's just... Anyway, how do we get talking about... Oh, foosball. foosball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, foosball. Textbook tangent now. Well, uh, speaking of the media, Helen uh, Little does go on to say, uh, a bonus at Towering Inferno rivalry fact. Not only did Newman and McQueen have reportedly the same number of lines, but they both wanted to be first build on the movie posters. This led to the introduction of diagonal billing, where names were positioned so that Newman's was first reading top down, <clears throat> but McQueen's was first reading left to right. I remember learning about that at university, and the general reaction in the room of 19-year-olds was, what a pair of children. Uh, Mark, Mark Elms also got in touch with that fact as well. Fantastic. Uh, Fred Astaire received his only Oscar nomination for this film, and not for any of the musical pictures for which he was most famous. Interesting. Are you having yeah. that? Yeah, I didn't know that. So he, much Towering Inferno gossip. I mean, because that plays, was a proper um, ensemble kind of big hitter cast as well. He plays the con man in the movie. I've seen it for ages. But Fred Astaire mm. plays the con man in that. It's also worth noting that, um, and Helen, I know for a fact, has been listening to our podcast for over 10 years. So she's a glutton for punishment, but God bless her. <laughs> uh, Fred Astaire apparently had a, a well known, like, official request. Um, I don't know if he wrote it legally into a contract or whatever he could do legally to do this, but mm. he wanted um, to ensure that his life was never portrayed in a film. Um, ah. He said, I have no idea. Uh, sorry, I have no particular desire to have my life misinterpreted, which it would be. So that's why there's never been a biopic made about Fred Astaire, who had an amazing life and was an incredibly talented guy. That's interesting, isn't mm. it? How did that kind of, uh, how, did, how could he stop people doing that? Could we not just make a film about Benny a bear? <laughs> Benny a bear there, and he what, just, just, do, make, it just bit... make it just make it a fake biopic, biopic about someone who might may or may not be Fred Astaire. There was um, it was it's either I think it's about Fred Astaire. Apparently, famously, the notes made from his first audition right about him, who then went on to be the greatest dancer in in, in the history of cinema, arguably mm. uh, one of the greatest male film stars of all time. Uh, but the, the the quote after his first audition on the notes made by potential directors and stuff or casting agents said. Um, can't act, can't sing, can dance a little. 
Apparently that's what it said. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember his acting very uh, well, but his dancing was certainly top-notch. And, you, and speaking as a dancer yourself, of I some know, repute. Right? I know, right? I mean, around, around the nightclubs of Hartlepool. Snake-hipped Donny. Yeah, as they call him. Yeah. As they call him. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Mark Elms also got in touch with this um, fact about Towering Inferno, didn't he? Have you already yes, mentioned that? I've already mentioned that. Mark Elms was another friend of, the, friend of the podcast. Well, that's why I brought him in early doors. That's why I brought him in early doors. I think Mark Elms is the chap we know who used to run the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square. I believe that's the case. Yeah. I go. think he's somewhere else now. Oh, we're hobnobbing. We're hobnobbing with the, the Prince best. Prince Charles Cinema is the best cinema in Leicester Square as well. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's not a big... Uh, they're redoing the audience. Well, I'm going to reserve judgment until uh, until uh, the audience finished. It's well, getting, it's getting a remake. Going, you're not going near... There's no way you are going near the Odeon or any of those other ones in Leicester Square because the prices are unreal. I went to see Dunkirk in... Uh, is it 80, no, 80 millimetres? I forget which size. Big big film, anyway. Big old film. Hmm. Uh, and I was sat in the posh sheets and it was the best part of 25 quid. It was obscene. I think it's more than that now. <sighs> I think it's... I think Hot it, dog. I think it's around 30 quid to go mm. and watch, at least, to go and watch a movie in Leicester Square. And that was like 11 o'clock in the morning. I think yeah, they don't change it by time, do they? No. It's weird. They should do because no one goes there during the day. No, exactly. Spread out. There we go. That's what I say that's where my dad. That's when my dad goes to the View Cinema in Hartlepool in the afternoons. She takes mm. the afternoon off. Go on, you, so you do another one, mate. Uh, Devon in Berlin. Uh, basically, a, a word that we've not heard before. Uh, I think it's uh, Feierabend. Feierabend or Feierabend, um, which descri- describes a German word, uh, which des- or German two words, I guess, or. A concatenated word, yeah. uh, if you will, um, which describes a sense of well-being, relief, and relaxation that one experiences as they get off work for the night. Huh. It's commonly commonly referred to by workers and officers around the country, which tells me that at least with regards to the, regards to the work-life balance, Germans have their priorities straight. The best part, however, is the literal translation to English. Uh, Feierabend is party evening. Very good. Did you check Guten, that? Guten Abend. Well, I know Abend's night in it. So. I've never heard that. Um, we, I suppose we have D-Mob Happy, which would be similar. D-Mob Happy, yeah. But I think that, that probably refers more to actually leaving Holiday, the job for it? good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Nice. Um, here's one from Dave Enzor. Enzor! Who mentions yet another word, which fits perfectly into the words show, Pete. Yeah. Um, he says, I recently discovered the Dutch reach. Dave, you filth bag. <laughs> the Dutch reach, I'm not having this. So this is, this is relevant to my interest, mm. and I'll tell you why uh, shortly. He says, it's nowhere near as rude as it seems. The phrase is actually a potential lifesaver. Now, many people out there will have heard of this, but I'm sure there are some people who haven't. The term originates from a technique used to avoid dooring, where a cyclist hits a car door being opened by a less than aware driver. So you, th- you imagine the car's parked up on the roadside, um, the cyclist is riding past, mm. someone without looking opens the door yeah. and, and absolutely smashes the cyclist. He says it involves using your far hand to open the car door, forcing your body to turn around and take note of any potential hazards before you exit. So if you imagine it, you use your mm. other hand so you turn your so whole you body. Turn your whole body to, yeah. Um, for drivers on the right, it would be your right hand. Um, on your left, it would be, on the, in the UK, your left. Now, it's a great habit to get into, isn't it? It is. Um, in a country uh, where cycling is prevalent in Holland, you can see why it's important, but the term doesn't actually originate from there. It's an apparent US invention. I guess they named it after the fact that everyone in Amsterdam cycles. Has, right, okay. This happens to me all the time. But what, when what, I'm, you get dodd? But when I'm running, not when I'm cycling. What, people just open the... So if I'm running along a, along a pavement, so I go out for a run in an evening, yeah. and I run down the pavement, I, I promise you I've been hit by a car door on the passenger side, or, or, or on the driver's side, depending on what side of the road mm. it is, because that people don't look. So it's, it's not just cyclists that it affects. It affects walkers and runners. And I've been knocked to the ground on more than one occasion by it. What about a DeLorean? 
Yeah, that's that's the answer. I mean, that's the answer. Is... Let's let's pressure car manufacturers to make vertical doors yeah, only. Yeah, vertical doors. Um, luckily, just to follow up, because I can tell you're concerned about my state and my well-being there, Pete. That's yeah, the way yeah, you just, yeah. just brush over I was it. Just, yeah. um, I'm never ever going fast enough for it to actually hurt me. So oh, you can <laughs> it's see actually you just stop, Of course, with cyclists, they're normally going a lot faster. It's a lot more dangerous. Yeah. There we I, mean, go. I was just thinking what Dutch reach could possibly be in, in another context. So. If I said, if I said to you, if you, if you could speculate as to what a Dutch reach yeah. was, yeah. If I said to you, Dutch reach, explain to me what it is. Uh, someone, masturbating another man, uh, or, or, or <laughs> masturbating a man, uh, but using, <laughs> but going from un, from between the legs, <laughs> from behind. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that. No. <laughs> Like somebody put an arm, hand. That's what I think we got the picture. In between the legs, but like from buttock to front, and then doing that. And then delivering a scrotal injury from that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and uh, you know, and the scrotal and, and the scrotal sack would nestle in the crook of the arm. <laughs> <laughs> that magnet. I want to see that. Yeah, speaking of something, album artwork for next week's uh, show. Speaking of something, me it's and only, you. <laughs> it's only slightly related. A to this. reach. Um, my granddad. Yeah. He used to be able to crack walnuts on his bicep. Nice. Yeah? Nice. So there was a I nut like resting that. in a crook of an arm. <laughs> Magnificent. Uh, should we uh, smash out a quick uh, Adam Hess? Uh, what's so that? Speak. Yeah. Uh, should we give Adam Hess a, a real Dutch reach? Um, hello, lads. Emailing from uh, Toronto with all key super heavy, du- heavy duties. Okay. I'll speak this week. Sorry. Uh, wanted to make an addition to the show's growing dictionary of words without translation from the language of Finnish. The world is... Here we go. The word is... Um, can't say word. Can't say word. <laughs> the, word the word is... Kalsarakanit. Is... Yeah. I think... Kalsarakanit. I, I reckon the R will probably be rolled on that one. What do you reckon? Kalsarakanit. I can't roll my R, so it's impossible for me to know. Um, get, rolling R's is really important, I've noticed, in like European languages. and yeah, I'm just trying to learn... I'm off on a stag do uh, soon to uh, Budapest and I don't want to be a usual Englishman in Budapest so I'm trying to learn a couple of words right but um, oh, kir, uh, Kirlik Kirlik uh, is um, uh, please and uh, uh, other words like that Kusunom Kusunom is thank you and I'll just try to get a couple of things but like, the rolling of the R's is so important in uh, European languages I think Hungarian's I think, um, mad but Pete I think that learning a few um, words is worse than not not having any. I know. Well, it is, yeah. Because it, it invites people to start going, oh, he speaks Dutch. So here, yeah. here we go. And you get into a load more awkward situations that in the first instance you're trying to avoid. Yeah. But I mean, if you're just asking for a, a carrier bag, a tashka, if you will, I just try... Uh, just, just <laughs> is that nail, what it's just, called in Dutch? I know where... No, in uh, Hungarian. I oh, know, right. Like, I know um, where the toilet is and everything in, in, in most places I've been. Sorry, I don't from, know why I from said Dutch. From Mr. Toilet Room. Yeah. To Hachangshu Odeo in Korean, to Toire Wado Kataska in uh, Japanese. To everywhere I go, I just learn where's the toilet. Because that's the in, one thing you need. I know what it is in Spanish. What's it in Spanish? Los Servicios. Los Servicios. Yeah. <laughs> in, um, in Istanbul, um, but in the public toilets have... Constantinople. Exactly. The toilets have two separate types of toilet. One to um, satisfy the Asian way of going to the toilet. Oh, the... Uh... And the European way of going to the toilet. Oh, is that yeah. right? Okay. Because yeah. it is, I guess, the gateway, isn't it? Oh, and actually... After you do this, and before we go into Mencarta, I've got an update on the Doomsday uh, thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Beautiful. So, anyway, well, so, uh, so Kalsarakanit. Yeah, Kalsarakanit. Kalsarakanit means uh, the feeling when you are going to get drunk at home alone in your underwear with no intention of going out. Or in your case, Pete, Friday. Life. I don't drink at home, so... Actually, I tell a lie, I uh, do have a bottle of Campari that I'm piling my way through. My God. Uh, and, um, and I had it, I didn't have any Sprite 
I didn't have any soda water, so I had it with milk a couple of days ago. Oh, not God. too bad. Not t- not as bad as you'd imagine. I mean, the amount of stuff we get through on this show, and it, it's actually remarkable that neither of us think about the other. This is the kind of stuff I don't want to be associated with. But that is definitely Campari and milk. And can I also put it out there? That, you put it um, in beer in Japan. It's not right. being able to trust yourself to have a beer or two or a glass of wine at home is deviant <laughs> behaviour. <laughs> Dangerous. Not about trusting. It's just you know, it's indicative of a wider problem. Uh, when I was in She's the US, when I was in the US uh, before Christmas, I brewed my own beer. Did I tell you that? Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I think I might have mentioned it. Did it you do good. that thing where I, I remember her reading about a um, wanky bloody little microbrewery? A bloke uh, made some yeast out of his beard hair. Ugh. How is that even possible? Disgusting. You make yeast out of any anything that's a bit dirty, can't you? Horrible. Bloody oh, horrible. I don't like that to even consider that. I, I don't either. Oh my word. Um, shall we take a short break? We back after this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Luke, don't... Always too quiet. Always too quiet. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. What I need to do is every time I adjust the volume to fade the music out at the start of the show, I need to do a Dutch reach for the volume and turn it back up again. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome um, back. Pete, I think people, well, I know for a fact, because I've seen emails and tweets about it, that people are um, people are find it very endearing that you always muck that up. Well, uh, and now, exactly, bef- see. B- before the break and before we go into Mencarta in this words show, and I suppose this sort of does count a little bit because our, our, um, our uh, catch-all terms are quite vague. Mm. I Last week, you'd have remembered I am... Um, Found the Doomsday Book type thing on the BBC website. Do you yeah, think, I, do you think was, I need to? Re- and it was buggered. Do you think I need to really explain again what it is? Uh, they sliced up the UK into um, small quadrants, and in nineteen eighty six, in nineteen eighty six, and each quadrant, they uh, got some people from the town to explain what their town was like. Is that right? Yeah, and then or they what uploaded life was it like in their town, and they uploaded it to the website. Yeah, and so um, the idea being that um, in, in a thousand years ago or whatever, William the Conqueror had a doomsday book which basically talked about the state of, of the country yeah. at that time. They wanted to replicate that in 1986. They did that by inviting over a million people to contribute their local area stories about what life was like in the UK in 1986. Was this a BBC initiative? A BBC initiative. Nice. In 2011, it was uploaded to the internet to uh, commemorate the 25th anniversary of the project, of course, in 1986. Last week... I wasn't fully adept on how to work the website because um, it was a new thing and I only really learned about it on the way into the studio. So <laughs> I freestyled. I got caught out. The end. Okay, right. um, luckily, my scrotum remained intact and it wasn't a disaster. <laughs> but this week, I'm fully armed with what's been going on in where I was from in 1986 right. and where you were from in 1986. Oh, cool. Would you like Hartlepool or would you like uh, Gosport? Let's go with... Uh, well, let's do them both, but let's go with Gosport first. Okay, cool. So Gosport first... Um, it's a photo of Stubbington Village Square, right. which is a little village um, near where I grew up in 1986, which practically looks the same, although there is a Budgeons there where there is now a Costa. So <laughs> you can't stop the, re- the relentless progression, can you? You can still get Budgeons, though. True. There's a lovely picture of Hillhead Harbour. 
um, that someone's contributed and there is a picture of some farm workers working in a field that is particularly well known for its strawberries um, and, and and that is still there you can still go back there in 2018 and pick strawberry strawberries yeah, yeah so not much has changed as expected <laughs> uh, not even the clothes to be honest mm. in gospel Hartlepool Peak now this is where it gets pretty interesting because last week you mentioned the very idea that, and this is something quite interesting because it links both you and I. Right. Um, you mentioned HMS Warrior. Yes. Which was, I presume, um, rebuilt in, in it Hartlepool? Was, it was reconditioned. It was uh, repainted, restructured, I think, in Hartlepool. And it was like the big story. I remember growing up in Hartlepool and it being a big deal. Right. Oh, my God. Look at that gorgeous masthead. Yeah. Look at that. Look at those beautiful, uh, look at that beautiful deck. Hmm. And you could go on and walk around. It was that and the Wingfield Castle as well. And then and then they set it down at Portsmouth, a place I'd never been. Or I, I thought, I'm never going to know anyone from Portsmouth. Could be, couldn't be further um, away. Couldn't could be further away. Um, were you thinking it's the first ironclad warship? I was thinking it was the first ironclad warship. Yeah, well, you'd be right. Like, yeah. First thing that comes up on the Doomsday Reloaded section of the BBC hmm. website for Hartlepool in 1986, HMS Warrior, the first ironclad warship being rebuilt at the coal dock in Hartlepool, and once it is finished, it is planned to move it to Portsmouth. Now, literally, I... the last thing, Hart, the good, last good thing, Hartlepool was involved in. Donaldson. Oh, that's that's. I think that's perfectly fair, and anyone who lives in Hartlepool would agree. Canoe man, the tall ships race. Does that go from there? Uh, it it was there about four years ago, I think. We we got we got a visit. Got a beautiful um, marina. Anyway, so interestingly enough, the HMS Warrior did end up in Portsmouth. Mm. Now I had no idea that it came to Portsmouth that late. I thought it had just always been there because mm. Portsmouth's got a rich maritime history, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting does, for me. As does Hartlepool, big shipbuilding town. And the other things that are um, my dad works in a shipyard. He's a dirt school, and he ships all day, and he ships all day. Yeah, mm. ours was um. My dad's a vanker and he ranks all day. Oh, banker, wanker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my dad is not a banker. But he is a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> but he frequently masturbates. My dad is a legend. <laughs> He's a lovely chap. Um, anyway, uh, we've heard all about your dad. So the other pictures available on the Doomsday related part of the website for Hartlepool, United Bus Station. Is it still called the United Bus Station? United, let me have a look. Is there a picture? United Bus Station. Oh, no, that's not there anymore. I wonder where that was. Hartlepool's only bus station belongs to the United Bus Company, (laughs) used by United National Bus Company and Trimden Motor Services. Trimden Motor Services. Uh, Actually, that might have been up like Old Hartlepool or something. It might not even be. I don't know why they're so proud about their bloody bus stops, though. And the final one is um, York Road, Hartlepool. Yeah. The Hartlepool Shopping Area. Uh, this is the main shopping street of the town. It has small shops, takeaways, and building societies, etc. It does building you know societies. It's really, really dull, isn't it? It really is. I mean, because Portsmouth and Gosport's history. That's where my dad works now. That building. Oh, there we go. Then he's a he's a he's a kind of um, admin support guy. That's a pub. <laughs> that is a flat roof <laughs> pub. Is it? Oh, it used to be a pub then. Oh yeah, did you? No, it's Northern Rock. So he works above it in a uh, solicitor's firm. Was your dad responsible oh, that for... old bus. Look at that old bus. I remember those buses. Was your dad responsible oh. for the Northern Rock run on the bank? <laughs> <laughs> no, he he mainly deals in um, wills and testaments. Not testaments, which is wills. So, Just wills. He delivers wills to the court. the Old Testament. <laughs> so what I would love is for people to go onto the Doomsday section of the website, on the BBC website. Um, I think it's BBC website forward slash history, forward slash doomsday reloaded. You can probably Google it. I'm sure you can. 
um, and find out what was going on in 1986 in your town. And if it's of particular interest, hello at lukeandpeatshow.com. Yeah. And we'll maybe find the best parts of it because there's a load of old crap on there based on our towns <laughs> and see what we can come up with. Anyway, that's, uh, uh, that's the, uh, the, the, the much-needed conclusion to the uh, erroneous end to the Doomsday Reloaded part of last week's show. Look, Jamie, Admin. That, that's a very under, uh, underestimated uh, picture you just showed me of that. I can't believe that bus... I I I sort of remember those buses from my youth, but um, there's kind of like um, cream and um, purple kind of burgundy kind of coloured uh, buses. Right. I've not seen one of those buses for some time, and I'd forgotten about them. So that that picture was actually quite emotionally um, Re- important yeah. for me. I, yeah. I, I feel like the buses we had in Gosport were green, maybe. Mm. maybe. Incredible, incredible. What colour are they in London? No one knows. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, subject of much debate <laughs> the trains from Hartlepool to Newcastle are little diesel jobs but they are converted buses oh okay the carriages are co- converted buses or, or they certainly started out life in like the 40s I think they converted a lot of buses to they just put them on um, yeah. suspension put them on rails and they run on tracks yeah and they run on tracks incredible yeah incredible and, that, it, and they are dreadful you, pro- you could make Newcastle in about half an hour if they weren't such terrible trains. It's dreadful. dreadful and I, but I bet it's about 50p, is it, a journey? <laughs> no, it's really expensive. It's like seven quid. Huh. Crazy, crazy right. amount of money. Oh, well, never mind. Um, um, before you move on, very hmm. quickly, and this might be uh, boring, but I'm going to gamble. Gamble. Um, a huge part of the transport ecosystem in where I grew up is obviously between Gosport and Portsmouth is, right. the, is the ferry. Yes, the ferry in between across the harbour because it's much easier. As they say on the ferry, uh, on the ferries themselves, it's shorter by water. It's shorter by water. Otherwise, you have to drive all the way around the harbour. Yeah, and that has got ridiculously expensive. It used to be one pound forty when I left to move to London, and it's now three pound eighty. Just to get across the harbour. Yeah, it's like a five minute journey. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it's It's uh, a monopoly, mate. The hovercraft to uh, ride is, I think, twenty quid. It's a hovercraft, though, isn't it? That's badass. And it's to an actual island, which is a yeah. decent four or five miles away, I think. No, probably less than that, three miles. Badass. But think of this quandary that I'm in, though, Pete. If mm. I'm still living in Gosport and I want to get the ferry to ride from Portsmouth, I've got to go across the harbour. Oh, so It doesn't come to... from Gosport. It goes from Portsmouth. Uh-oh. Yeah. We don't live in Gosport. Just then. try don't and live... develop some basic appreciation of the geography of my area. That's get, what I'm saying. Get yourself a little jet ski. I should. I should get it right across. The sheer amount of people who must have tried to swim back across the harbour drunk must be staggering. It must be staggering. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if on a Friday and Saturday night there's a permanent coast guard in there. Yeah, just sort of going, don't do that. Someone always drowns in the um, in the uh, time every year. Right. And it's bloody freezing. I mean, it was fairly unequivocal when we had people come to our school and talk about that. And they would just literally say, they went, just don't do it. Don't do it because you will die. <laughs> it's not like, oh, you could be seriously injured. You yeah. will be dead. <laughs> it's almost like Super Mario World. You're dead. You're dead. No... If you go in the water, you're dead unless it's an underwater level. And you, and to unless make it it's an cl- underwater level, guys. And to make it clear that you don't get three lives. There's only one. <laughs> Do, 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 do. Should we have um, a jingle for um for uh, what's it called uh, Mencarta? All right then, let's do that. Let there be justice. For Let there be full volume. Let there be peace for all. It's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. Good morning. Um. <laughs> As Nelson Mandela once famously said, do not swim across Portsmouth Harbour. <laughs> do not do that. Uh, somebody got in touch. Uh, I think I spoke about the nuclear expert last uh, week, about the elephant's foot. 
oh, yeah. in Chernobyl. It's, it's the thing that is just haunts my very dream. It terrifies me. Uh, but um, apparently uh, a couple of pictures were taken with uh, robots. Robots. Oh, okay, that L- makes sense. remote control robots. Right. Are you a robot? If you're remote controlled, probably not. Just remote control camera. Are you okay? Mal- um, malfunction. I've just realised, Pete. I've just realised that because I didn't scroll down enough on my pre- preparation running order document here, mm. there's loads of stuff we haven't covered that we were supposed to. So we're going to have to oh. do it next week. Well, never mind. We'll, we'll squeeze that in next week. Yeah. That's fine. Mm. Uh, do you want to do my car this week? Yeah. I've been doing a lot of talking today. Do you want me to do it? Because I'm okay. such a great wordsmith. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if the listeners will agree, but I'll no, do it. Definitely yeah. not. Um, Okay, Mencata, this is quite an interesting one. Comes from Paul. Doesn't give his second name because Pete didn't include it Oh, when he sent it to me. But that's okay. Paul, that's you will know who you are. You are almost certainly the only man called Paul who <laughs> sent an email of this nature to us this yep. week. He starts off, um, as all good emails should start off, Hello, chaps. Omni remotes in my TV remote. Pretty standard stuff. I don't know if I've seen an Omni remote. Um, I think I have, yeah. Omni remote. Okay, Omnicom we've seen. Oh. Omni remote. So maybe he meant Omnicoms. I don't know. Uh, He says, anyway, after listening to you guys discuss some crazy statues of the world, um, I thought I'd share two statue-related stories from my time spent in the former Yugoslavia back in 2016. This is actually only one story because I cut one off. Right. It's for space and time, guys. I thought I'd share one statue-related story (laughs) from my time spent in former Yugoslavia back in 2016. Paul, Peter's decided your second statue wasn't of interest. No, they were all, they were, they were just, I just, you can't have two statues. Some of the emails he sends to me, I mean, are very, very poor. So, I mean, the standard <laughs> of your second statue must have been very, very low indeed. Anyway, in the war-torn city of Mostar, Bosnia, there are still a huge number of buildings that are essentially rubble. While enjoying some food one day and looking out at the city's historic bridge, the waiter told me to make sure I go and see the Bruce Lee statue. <laughs> I half laughed it off, but a few hours later, someone else mentioned it. So I found myself in in uh, Zrinsky Park looking at a statue of Bruce Lee. My favourite facts about this statue are as follows. It is four centimetres shorter than Bruce Lee himself. <laughs> now, I don't think that's fair. What's that about? Yeah. That's very strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it was unveiled one day before his 65, uh, 65th birthday, the day on which a Bruce Lee statue in Hong Kong was to be unveiled. <laughs> Chronological undercutting. I mean, talk about undercutting it. <laughs> uh, one day before, they're going to open one up in uh, in, in Mostar. Um, yeah, very, very odd. And uh, Croats have complained, apparently, that the aggressive stance is directed at them as Bruce is facing in the direction of areas heavily populated with Croats, which tells you something about the ethnic divisions that still exist in the area. I've seen multiple reasons given as to why Bruce Lee was chosen. The most convincing is that he represents ethnic diversity as a successful American of Chinese descent, but the bizarre nature of it still amuses me to this day. All the best, Paul. Now, we love a statue on this show. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're going to put a statue-related suggestion into Mencarta, we're probably invariably going to choose it. At some point. But this statue I've seen in Mostar is actually quite poor. It's yeah, not great. A... <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why it might, partly why it might not seem great is mm. because um, the one in Hong Kong is amazing. Mm. If you look at the one in Hong Kong, I, I don't know, I've not been to Hong Kong, I don't know it well geographically at all, um, but it's on right on the waterfront, mm. on like a uh, boardwalk. Mm. 
and it's beautifully bronze, and, mm. and it's a very, very accurate likeness of him in like full high kick pose. Is it on the Kowloon side, or is it, it on might, the I don't know, side? Pete. I, I, I don't know. I've not been there. But it's amazing. So that might be why. And I also did some further reading, um, because either Paul didn't do any further reading, or Pete uh, cut it before he sent <laughs> it to me. Uh, but it's supposed to uh, symbolise the fight against ethnic divisions, apparently. Right, okay. That was the reason given. But, but it's, he's, it, aggressively, it's he's aggressively attacking the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, is it the, the, the Croats, the yeah. Croats. If if you um if you uh, find yourself on your travels, uh, do do seek out a statue. We love a statue. Mm. The thing, what's, I, I think, what's the your thing... town statue? What's what's one of your famous uh, town statues? I always get annoyed about the fact that the uh, the Hartlepool monkey myth. They always have um, a chimpanzee when it's depicted. Uh, or Red Smythe, uh, the creator of uh, Andy Cap, is from Hartlepool. And is there got, a statue of him? It is a statue of uh, not Red Smythe, but a statue of um, Andy Cap. Right. A wife-beating drunk. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't, I don't know if there are any. I think there might be one of an admiral um, of the fleet. Because there's, there's a Falklands Gardens in Gosport. Right. Um, I think a lot of the um, the people, who, a lot of soldiers and, and mm. all the rest of it who fought in the Falklands War sailed from there. And so there's, a, there's a memorial gardens on the Gosport side for the right. Falklands War. Uh, and there's definitely a couple of memorials and a flower garden and all the rest of it. But I, there might be a statue of the Admiral at the time or something like that. Right. But beyond that, I don't know of anything. Um, no anything Westerns else. kicking around? I don't think so, no. Yeah. I don't actually know where Simon Westerns from. So there you go. Um, I want to say a big hello to... Uh, should, we just, should we smash out some uh, names to finish up? Because sure, they're always fun, aren't they? Uh, the names are... Uh, Simon of, Western was Welsh, by the way. Oh, I'll okay. just check for you. All right. Get yeah. <laughs> you always got your fingers on the button. There you go, mate. The, the button of your keyboard. I think when you're talking, I'd rather just keep myself busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris is an American in Beijing. Uh, this, is a, this isn't going in, in Men Carter, but it's just a couple of uh, fun names. Uh, I'm currently listening to episode 33, where you read the email about English names for kids in uh, ESL classes. Uh, English oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Language. Um, uh, no, it's Tefl, isn't it? What are we talking about? English, basically. English classes. Uh, I live in Beijing and taught English here for about a month before I realised that it was a horrible job, but I still have some friends that do it and there's some pretty great names uh, that I experienced during my short time as a teacher here are some of my favourites Dinosaur a kid called taking the name Dinosaur that's brilliant and everyone else is calling him Dinosaur Captain America <laughs> brilliant Optimus Prime yeah Monkey <laughs> Run Run yeah and my personal favourite Autism it's where's he got that from? <laughs> you know what I was about where's to say, it's so from? endearing, isn't it? That's uh, not endearing. I, I can imagine, Pete, you would be in your element in doing that teaching English as a foreign language and giving out kids' names, English names. Yeah, You'd be I in your element. Hard work, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. Teaching kids, good lord. Um, hell, uh, oh, where's the other ones? I had some more of these. Oh, here we go. Um, James uh, basically gives us a bit of information about um, Thai names. Uh, Thai names are usually bestowed upon uh, people by local monks, apparently, and typically done so a, a little while after the child's birth. And to fill the gap and to make the kid's name more palatable in everyday life, every Thai child is giving a, given a nickname, usually by their parents. Common nicknames range from uh, one um, for the firstborn, Nung in Thai, and two uh, is Song in Thai. Mm. Mu, literally meaning pig, is a common name given to chubby kids. Ah, Pig. That's harsh. Um, sweet, yes, but this name sticks with them through the rest of their lives. Imagine that. Uh, other such common names are Benz, after the car, a real si- uh, sign of prestige and wealth. Um, however, recent technological uh, booms have seen an upturn in the name iPhone and iPad. Uh, a friend of ah. mine called their kids uh, their kid Tennis because they like to play tennis. Right. Uh, the real Thai names are usually very long and very tricky for us uh, Westerners to pronounce. Uh, however, I have had several kids who have uh, genuine Thai names, uh, Titty Pawn and Kitty Pawn. <laughs> oh my <laughs> this is God. Quite good. Uh, pawn is a suffix used in Thai that means wealth. 
Imagine that being your real name and your nickname being Pig. Porn Pig. Just uh, wow. Yeah, it's a bit full Fantastic. on that. Um, James, that's, that's, that's box office, mate. The two things that have remi- that's reminded me of, one is that, do you know the, the uh, punk artist uh, Gigi Allen? Yes. Horrendous chap. He loved his heroin. Yeah, he did. Bloody he, loved his heroin, didn't his, he? His father, who I believe, was quite mentally unstable. Right. Registered him as Jesus Christ Allen. Ah. And it got shortened to Gigi Allen. Because, I mean, you can't walk around with the name Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm fairly certain there was like a Thai boxer or a Thai kickboxer whose name was Ratanopal Dutch Boy Jim. Ratanopal Dutch Boy Jim? Yeah. Magnificent. Yeah. That's, one, that's something... Jim as in... To be celebrated. G-Y-M. Oh, right. Dutch oh, so Boy Jim. So like, it was, I guess it was something to do with him looking Dutch and maybe being in the gym all the time. I don't yeah. know. I don't know anything about it, but I remember that name. It's always stuck with me. I didn't realise that Gigi Allen was called Jesus Christ Allen. Yeah. Amazing. Um, he, uh, um, he, he, there's a famous picture of him in his casket, isn't there? Where people just put heroin and stuff on his, in, on his body. Yeah. That's just, doesn't that to change his... Um, his uh, that to anonymise his grave, I think. Oh, because people just come on yeah. and just being Being naughty. horrible to it, yeah. Being naughty. Um, do me a favour, don't ever do emails outside the email section again. I'm so sorry. It mucks up my I'm the Gigi Allen of uh, email reading. You're so punk. <laughs> right, that's shit, it, mate. That's it, we're out of stuff. Yeah. That's it. I'm doing a poo on stage. <laughs> get, get in touch with us. Uh, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Mm. As ever, we rely on your excellent contributions to make this show what it is. Do find us by searching Luke and Pete Show wherever you get your podcast, and make sure you subscribe. I know you know where this show is because you're already listening to yep. it, but do subscribe, do leave a review, and do give us a five-star rating and follow us on those socials. Yeah, give us a review saying that our hotel rooms were magnificent and yeah. the pillows were nice. Yeah. Oh, and, and do use a third-party site to be able to listen to us for the cheapest possible rate. <laughs> What's that uh, body that does independent um, guarantees on holidays? Don't know. At all protected. Yeah. <laughs> the Luke and Pete show is at all protected. protected. Yeah. Good night. We legally can't say that. Oh, yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not that what we just said.